Welcome to season three of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast. I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake, author of The Million Dollar Bakery, and host of this podcast. Hi, this is Chad Hamilton, co-owner of Chick Boss Cake, husband of Rebecca Hamilton, and just pretty much her assistant. Is husband of Rebecca Hamilton a job title? (laughs) I mean, you certainly give me that title. (laughs) I can confidently say that this season is going to be the best season yet of Scrap the Sweet Talk. The theme for this season is all about health and wellness and how to have a business, live your best life, while also making your well-being a top priority. We've got some great topics we'll be covering along with some epic health, wellness, and fitness guests that will be joining us to share their expert opinions and help you start living your best life too. Thanks for tuning in to Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast. This is season three, and we've decided to dedicate the entire season to health, fitness, wellness, and how we prioritize all that while owning a bakery full of sweets. So this is Chad's episode where we're going to talk about his marathon running and all things wellness related to what he does in order to train for that and be on top of his game. So why don't you start by telling us how you started and what even got you into running in the first place? Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, I'm excited about this because as my wife likes to point out, I like to talk and Mm -hmm. now I get to talk. It's it's centered on me. Yes, it's your Uh episode. Um, yeah, so uh, I've always been really athletic my whole life. I played hockey growing up, um, loved it. It was um, one of my m- more memorable and favorite things as a child and um, lots of skills and team building um, things that I learned throughout that process. And then as I got older, there was, uh, you know, certainly when you get older, you don't have as much time and an opportunity to play, uh, you know, hockey as much. And, and that's where I found running. Um, pretty much yeah. in my early twenties, and uh, well, I started. Because with hockey, you can't really, you can't just go out and do it whenever you want to, like on your schedule. Yeah, and so, exactly. And so yeah. that's one of the things that I love about running is that, um, yeah, you don't need to have anything organized. You don't need to have other people involved. You you don't need to have any special arrangements set up. You can just um, grab your shoes and, and head out the door and go. Yeah. And so uh, that's what. As we, as I continue to, you know, grow my career and then eventually our business, uh, that it worked out really well because I could just, you know, go around my schedule and and so I started just doing it as a regular workout thing. So I did this for probably, I don't know, five ten years of just running like five k. Like I would just always run five k, n- never any more, any less. And it wasn't until this past summer um, that your your dad and and I actually decided to sign up for a, a half marathon and I don't really know how the idea came I about I have no idea how that came about that was really random my da- my dad kind of ran casually like you too but like not marathons or anything so I don't know was it your idea or his idea first 
Yeah, I, I honestly don't even know. I think we were just I talking think it was about your running because he was hesitant um, to, to yeah, join. Yeah, well, it was definitely that. my idea uh, yeah. in the in the long run. I was just I don't remember how it came to be, but um, initially before it obviously did come to be. But um, but yeah, so the idea came about, and and I suggested to him, hey, did you want like because I knew that he had had ran. I had seen his you know stuff on social media, and I knew that he ran here and there. And um, but same thing like me, he had never ran you know long distances by any means. Um, you know, as, as most people that run typically don't run long distances, they'll just do it as casual, uh, you know, more casual workout, something light and easy. And and they kind of incorporate that cardio component into their, um, into their physical activity. Right. So, um, and I was the same way, like I, you know, I would lift weights or I would do some cardio if I was at a gym, you know, treadmill or, uh, you know, elliptical or, or a bike. Um, and, so outside I would, I would run just 5k, nothing more, nothing less. Um, and I remember there was one time, maybe two or three years ago and I, I, I just had all this energy and I was doing my 5k and I'm like, Oh, why don't I just go a little bit further? And I ran 10, I ran all the way to the end of basically the end of the, the tip of Tilsonburg. And, um, and I called you and I was like, look how far I ran. I'm, and now I'm forced to run back because I'm so far from home. Yeah. You're so excited. Um, about I was really that. excited about that. I was like, I'm going to, and you're like, wow, how'd you do that? It's crazy. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm just going to, I got to figure out how to get home though, because I, I like, I'm already here. So you're there's already, no turning back. You're there and you're already tired yeah. probably. <laughs> and I was already tired. So, um, so yeah. And then I ended up running, I think about maybe eight, eight to 10 kilometers at that point that day. And I was, I was like, so, um, I felt so accomplished. I was like, I can't believe I actually did that. That's mm-hmm. insane. Um, and I did it just kind of on a whim because I had some extra energy that day. I don't know if it was a good sleep or some good eating that I was doing. But um, yeah, that was about a couple years ago. So and, and I did that only one other time. Um, so I think I only did it twice in, in the course of five or 10 years. And it was just kind of like, hey, let's just whatever. I never thought anything of it. And then, um, and then, yeah, so we signed up for this half marathon and then, um, you know, I, I posted about it. And, and then, so a couple of people that, that ran on, on my, um, social media gave some pointers. And one of the things that they had pointed out was something called the Jeffing method. Mm. And so, um, which seems silly, like, is it a guy named Jeff or I don't know, right? It, it's, it's just, it's called Probably. the Jeffing <laughs> method. So the idea behind this for anyone listening is if you're an amateur runner and you think, you know, I don't know how people run long distance. Like I would, I can't run that far without stopping. Like, how is this even possible? Like, how yeah. is it humanly possible? So that's where this method comes into play. So basically, is um, this like a beginner method? Yeah, oh, it's definitely a beginner method. Like if you haven't ran at all, could you do this method? You could, you would just use a different ratio. Okay. So, um, so basically the idea behind it is that you, you run. And when I say run, we're not talking sprinting, just like light jogging. And you, you do this for for, for 10 minutes and then you walk for a minute okay so basically you only have to to go for 10 minutes which is you that's know, still a fairly substantial achievable. amount of time for somebody who has never ran right so when i was saying about the ratio you can just divide it down so yeah you know and, and we do a similar version of this in our run for cake group that you can sign up for on our website where i teach uh beginner runners um how to run and, and get active and and we meet at our woodstock store after for cake and it's free and it's amazing so um 
you, so back to my ratio um, comment is that, so I said, you know, uh, jog, light jog for 10 minutes, walk for a minute. You can divide that by however many times you want. So maybe you want to maybe just uh, do a light jog for five minutes and then walk for 30 seconds. Or for two um, minutes. There's no rules to this, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm using a straight yeah. divide by two, but yeah. um, you can do any variation of that. But the whole idea is that. So one, oh, a walk and run combination, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and so, so is that what you use? Like that's how you started? Yeah, so th- this is how, because because even for me, like I couldn't go more than five. Like I think when I, we fir- I first started, I, I would maybe go like six kilometers or, or seven kilometers, but I would be really tired. Um, and so when you first started running though, did you did you do the Jeffing method or did you were you able to run a full 5K? No, I mean, I was able to, to pretty much do that because I like I had played hockey and, of, and stuff yeah. mo- most of my life and I'd always enjoyed um cardio at that like at the gym and, and just being an athletic person but but yeah so somebody who um obviously wants to take up running and they don't have like a cardio or or sports background um you know or maybe they haven't done it in years yeah. uh, this is a great way to ease back into it so i would say you know first goal try to run um you know from here to the tree or here to the pole or here to whatever landmark that um is on your street and if you can do that you hit that that landmark that tree that that post lamppost whatever it is and um and then you can just walk and and kind of catch your breath for a minute and then once you catch your breath and your heart rate goes down a little bit then then choose a new landmark and go hey let's go to that and and you can just kind of build on that interval kind of stop go stop go process Um, so i'm not a runner so as somebody who is not a runner i know how challenging it is to even run for like two minutes straight without stopping and so what would you say is the, is the most difficult thing for people? Is it the mental part or is it the physical part or is it like your lung capacity? What would you say is like, because for me, I get, I get winded like after two minutes of running. I don't know if it's like a mental thing and you should keep pushing or, or is it a physical thing? Um, so, I mean, mental certainly plays a role to some degree, but it's definitely uh, a training, like a, a pra- like anything, practice. Yeah. Um, you know, so so the, the winded thing is, is just because you haven't practiced it often. Um, and for those, everyone listening, you, you do not like running. No. So, uh, this <laughs> so I'm is, a good, so I'm a good I, interviewer I love, for this. I love this. how you're interviewing and asking me <laughs> yeah. as if you're like truly interested and we're going to do this tomorrow, which we're not. Well, no, I'm um, interested yeah. in for other people who <laughs> might be interested in running because I know how hard it actually is to get started Um, and I think that people like you who have been doing it for a while and have been you know doing half marathons and marathons it seems very easy for you so I want to be able to break it down for the average person to be able to kind of understand and like get some actual tangible tips to like maybe help them get started for sure Yeah. yeah Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so to answer your question from a general sense, yeah, like if you yeah, get really winded after only a minute or two of running, um, yeah, you'd want to inter- uh, sort of implement the um, kind of beginner strategy that I was referring to. So maybe just try to run for like 30 seconds. As soon as you like get really exhausted, then stop and, and just catch your breath and just sort of build on that. Um, and you're not necessarily going to build on that in one workout. This is going to be like over over weeks and months of, yeah. of practice because like any muscle, 
muscle, you know, if you, anybody, you know, lifts weights, I mean, the first few weeks, it's going to be painful. It's going to be really difficult. You're not really going to gain that strength until typically month or two down the road. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some of the weights, maybe you're lifting months down the road, you you know, you're thinking how did like, that was such a minimal amount back then looking back, you're going to make that progress. Progress for sure. Yeah. Gradual process. I mean, but one thing I do want to say is that one thing that, um, that I learned that I didn't even know when I used to just run 5Ks, you know, I would always do the same pace, okay, mm-hmm. which is just like actual like running, right? Um, not like sprinting, but like running. And so I remember you had brought this up um, a few months ago. You were like, I didn't realize that like, cause most people think that if you, if you run, you got to like run at your, like whatever you think running is, like from a they're running fast. way too fast. Cause we went out a couple of times <laughs> yeah. just for fun. Yeah. And, and I was so like, fun. slow down. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, no wonder you're exhausted after like a minute or whatever. She's like, well, isn't that running? I'm like, you're like basically sprinting like yeah. for, for the level you're at, like yeah, slow down. That's what I thought running was. I thought you had to actually full blown run. And like, I would get tired so quickly and die like so fast. So I thought that that's what running was, that you actually full out running. But then you said to do a really slow, light jog, like basically like a fast paced walk, like as fast as you can do it, but like running. Basically as as slow as you possibly can run without walking yes that's what i was trying to say yeah i knew you meant but yeah so anyone listening it's as slow as you possibly can run without walking and then you'll be surprised at how long you can maintain that because i like i didn't realize you could actually maintain that for a few minutes yeah from doing that yeah exactly and so um when i taught you that you were able to to last a few minutes um as opposed to when we first started you're you're just giving her and then you could only do like 30 seconds or a minute yeah and i think that's what a lot of people think when they are trying to run or they start running and then they do that approach like they're running from a tiger and then they think that they just can't do it so then they get discouraged and stop doing it right exactly exactly so it was i thought it was really helpful and eye-opening when you said that and we were running together and you were able to you know put it into perspective and then we tried that approach and it was much easier and much more enjoyable yeah exactly that's what makes it um achievable right for for any beginner exactly so what did you find was like the hardest part to overcome in the beginning when you were just starting out so you were going from the 5k to what to 10k what was really hard from going from basic to next level yeah so so what i would do and and so um your dad and i we we would we were training together because we were both beginners together like we had done you know very casual non-serious uh running on our own in our own neighborhoods for for several years and um so this was our both of our first um time doing long distance stuff so we would actually train together and what we would do is that jeffing method so we would we would run for 10 minutes and we would walk for a minute and so we could we could typically always get to that 10 minute mark and then we would be okay to, um, you know, to, to walk for a minute. And, but the most challenging part of all this is that when you start to get into the long distance stuff, that's when it becomes really mental. Mm. So, so that was a, a huge challenge. Um, you know, it's, it's like life when it gets difficult, like you, you have your, your, your mind is trying to <clears throat> tell you that, okay, this is really tough. Stop running 
Okay. And, yeah. and so this is when anybody that's learning running, you know, you'll, you'll have this happen um, where it's going to tell you, you know, just stop because if you stop, it's easy. And all you have to do is stop and it's done. Right. So your body always um, your mind, sorry, always wants safety and comfort for your body. So the more that you can push the envelope with that, and this is something that takes time, um, then you'll, you'll gain confidence, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So true. And then, yeah, you just keep pushing the boundary so that you can run longer and faster over time. Exactly. So what is your current training regimen then? Yeah. So, um, so right now I'm, I'm training for, for a marathon that uh, is happening in, in uh, Texas at the end of February. I'm super excited about that. So, um, and you've already ran a marathon. Yeah. So I've already ran, um, I believe three half marathons and my first ever full marathon. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so the, the, the struggle was real with that one. Do you want me to talk about what happened with that? (laughs) Okay. So I did these half marathons and so a half marathon for anybody listening is 21.1 kilometers. So this is a, a pretty substantial distance. And so your dad and I, um, did all three of these together. So, um, it was extremely difficult, uh, doing that. Uh, we, each one I got better and that's like anything. The more you practice, you get better. So that was a lot of fun. And then I, you know, everything you read, you hear that, you you know, you shouldn't do a full marathon until, you know, you get all, all this training. And so I, I was planning on not even doing one until 2023. And then I said, you know what, I'm already like involved in this. I've been doing so much running. I feel like I'm at like a really optimal physical state. Why don't I just sign up for one, you know, three weeks from now and, and who cares? I mean, I feel like I'm ready. Right. And I was not ready. (laughs) Well, you didn't really do any training. I mean, you you definitely ran often, but you didn't actually do like a training program for a marathon. (laughs) Exactly. So I thought, and and so for anyone listening to this that's either done some running or, or you know, you typically with any marathon training, you there's a whole like anywhere from like an eight to, to 16 week training period. There's all different types of runs involved in the, those weeks. Um, you know, it's very regimented in that sense. And there's like a build up phase to where you kind of reach your peak. Uh, mileage or peak um, amount of kilometers that you're running and and then you do what's called a tapering phase where you you let your legs and your body rest for the last you know week one to three weeks depending on whether you're doing a half marathon or a full marathon and then you're fresh and ready to go at that time so I didn't have an opportunity with only three weeks Mm -hmm. that would normally be somebody's like you know what's called tapering phase where you're just you know basically resting but still doing some some running just nothing intense or long distance and so i didn't have any of that so i thought i'm okay because i'm like oh i've done a half marathon and people would say oh well you know the marathon is way different than a half marathon this is two half marathons back to back so we're talking 42.2 kilometers yeah and let me just say like when i saw you guys limping across the finish line at your half marathons i mean i can't imagine you running another one right after (laughs) (laughs) i know right so so anyway what happened was um it was actually a a husband of one of your friends Mm um so she had reached out and said hey my husband is doing his first ever uh marathon in in niagara at the end of october are are you are we gonna see you guys there and i didn't even think about doing a full marathon and and i was like wait a minute he's doing this and it's his first okay, well, that sounds cool because it'll be my first too. So we kind of had that connection. And so I told him like, hey, he's like, I don't know if I'm going to sign up for the half marathon or the full one. And I was like, 
Okay, well, I just signed up for the full one. So, like, I hope you're going to do the full one with me because either way, I'm doing the full one. And so it wasn't until I think I encouraged him to because he was saying he was going to make a decision in the next couple of weeks. And then after I did that, then he, he said that, okay. And then he ended up signing up for the full one. But um, but he had done like proper training. Mm-hmm. So this guy, um, similar age as your dad in his fifties. And, uh, so he had done the proper regimented training program where, so he had done like the, I think he did one through the Peloton, um, which is like the, you know, they have like the, all the, the bikes and the, so there's yeah, an app and stuff app. and, and they kind of guide you through it in your headphones as you're running, which is super cool. I tried it out. Uh, that's a, a great thing too. If somebody wants to check that out, you pay a subscription, like a monthly fee and, and they kind of, they have some marathon training programs in there, but, um, so yeah, so he he did the whole like I'm doing this today, I'm doing that. He was super regiment. So he was already like, you know, 10 weeks into his thing that he right and mm-hmm. so I hadn't been doing anything other than thinking, "Hey, if I just sign up for a bunch of races, then that's training, right?" <laughs> um, no, that's not training because you're only doing one type of training, which is just racing and that's not like you need slow, you need fast, you need interval, like you need all these variations. Of, of running training in order to perform at your best. And I had no clue about this. So anyway, signed up for the, the full marathon. And um, and so, yeah, I was like, okay, I, I had just done three half marathons at the in September and the early October. And this ha- this full marathon uh, is, uh, is only, you know, a few weeks away. So I'm in tip top shape, I should be fine. Um, so anyway, so needless to say, what happened is, um, you know, I did, I, I started out I did, I did amazing for the first half marathon. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder I've yeah. only done half marathons. So I didn't know that you have to pace yourself. You have to go much slower if you're doing a full marathon. Obviously, you know, it's the saying that, um, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like that's where the saying comes from. <laughs> you need to, um, you know, go slow in order to, you know, get a good result. And so I had no clue. So I, I as a novice, I didn't realize that I had to, to run much, much slower. I mean, I knew generally speaking that you had to do that, but I didn't realize that like, yeah, it has to be like much slower unless you're like fully trained and know all your stuff and whatever, right? So, um, so I basically ran the first half as if I was running a half marathon, thinking that I would be able to maintain that for another half marathon on top of that, for another, mm-hmm. for 42 kilometers total. So the first, 21 kilometers I was fine and then kilometer 22 23 24 25 I started slowing down a little bit and then all of a sudden at the 25th kilometer mark I don't know what happened but so well, I do know what happened in in running language it's called bonking and it's fun to say bonking it, it literally is called bonking so what that means is that your body is is, is basically being you know flooded with uh, with lactic acid and um, it's it, it's basically being like shutting down because you you can only maintain that that type of high heart rate um, lactic acid um, infusion for such a short period of time. So th- this was happening because I had never ran and mm. trained and taught my body to run longer than a half marathon. I'd never ran more than, than 21 at any 21.1 kilometers at any point. And any full marathon training, you typically go up to around 32 kilometers as part of the training process well mm-hmm. before the actual race, right? Yeah. And so as soon as I hit the, the 25 kilometer mark, all of a sudden, 
everything started shutting down one at a time. Like my breathing, my lungs, my legs, my feet, everything. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Oh my God, what's happening? I'm like, oh, what's going on? I'm going slow. And then all of a sudden I was just walking. And I was like, what happened? What's going on? And I was like, I can't believe it. And I was pissed. I was just infuriated, okay? <laughs> I was so angry. I was like, oh my God, I just stopped. And now I'm walking. And I have 17 kilometers to go. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty significant. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Not, you know, a yeah. few kilometers, not, you know, from here to there. I had 17 kilometers to go. Yeah. Which is just four kilometers shy of another half. And I've, I'm already done. And I'm like, oh, my God. So, so I had this idea in my mind of, of, you know, obviously how fast I wanted to go and the time I wanted to finish in and all this stuff. So that was completely out the window. Yeah. I was embarrassed because I'd have to tell you and everyone else that was, you know, obviously excited and waiting for me to finish. <laughs> I was um, waiting at the finish line for a long time. Yeah, you, I told you, you yeah, told I'll me. probably be done around yeah. this time. <laughs> Be ready with your camera. Exactly. Ready to go. And you were waiting for uh, over an hour. Yeah. Then what I told you yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> so you're probably then what happened? The ambulance like, got him? Did I he fall over? Okay. Did he did he did he pass out? What yeah. what the where is this guy? Yeah. You know, all these people are finishing. Your husband's nowhere to be found. Right. Um, and so so when this happened, I was so angry, right? You can imagine, right? I'm letting everybody down, I'm letting myself down. Um, and and all of my goals and dreams of everything I wanted to accomplish with this was shattered in a moment. And, I, it, and you know, I, it obviously seems comical now, but I, I really wanted to share this story because I, I feel like it, you know, so many people can relate to this in life where you, you get to a certain, you know, point in your journey yeah. and, and you feel like you've got momentum in life and you feel like you're really working towards a goal and then something unexpected happens. It smacks you upside the head and you feel like completely defeated mm-hmm. and hopeless and worthless and, you know, you're and all those negative thoughts are flooding into me, right? Oh, you're, you suck. You, you know, why did you even, you know, sign up for this? You know, you're not even a good run. Like you, you're not a runner. You shouldn't be here. Um, you know, you're, you're terrible. You're worthless. Like these self-defeating thoughts that are outside your control, these, they come in and you have to, you have to like dwell on that mm-hmm. as you have 17 kilometers go. So I, there was times <laughs> I was like, screw it. Like I didn't even like, I'm now I'm walking and I'm, I'm not talking like walk running. Like I, like I can't even run. Like my body is like so, so in so much pain. Like I couldn't even do the whole, um, Jeffing method. Like I could, I couldn't even move. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up walking for like a whole kilometer, which is much more than a minute. Remember I was saying earlier, walk or run mm-hmm. 10 minutes, walk for a minute. I couldn't even, I couldn't even run anymore. So I walked for like at least five minutes and I'm just like, Oh, maybe I should just, you know, quit and just stop here. And because it's not even like, I'm, I, I don't, I'm probably going to finish this thing in like five hours. It's six hours. Or something. I don't even know. It's just going to be disgusting. <laughs> it's going to be dark. out. I don't even know what's going to happen. Right. It's Everybody's going to go home. Gonna they're going to, they're going to like, you know, get some, uh, you know, a guy in a golf cart or they're, they're going to call the, you know, Hey, let's go pick up the stragglers that we're packing yeah. up here. Like these are the thoughts, right. That are coming in your head. I know yeah. it's funny to laugh about now, but you know, 
the irony of, of, of this, and when it comes to any individualized sport, like running or tennis or golf, is that like you don't have teammates. So, like if you're having a bad day mm-hmm. and then maybe your teammates score or help you out and, and kind of every, you know, you, you, they, they pick you up off your feet and, and they, they have the good day because you're having a bad day and you maybe help them out next time. Yeah. You can't do that. Like no. it's nobody's coming to, to you know, pick me up nobody's coming on a car to drive me to the finish line it's really you against you at that point it's me against me both physically and mentally and this is the part with your question at the beginning of this podcast where you know oh was it the mental the fit like this was the mental Mm -hmm. big on and so so all these negative and so i dwell on these negative thoughts for the whole time i'm walking like maybe five minutes which seemed like an eternity by the way because you can imagine dwelling on that you know beating yourself up for five minutes and then i I had this moment where I go, okay, you know, screw all the goals I had to finish a certain time, making people proud, all this kind of nonsense. And I just need to finish. Okay. The goal (laughs) is to finish. Obviously it's my first ever full marathon, which most people is, is like a bucket list thing. They're only going to do one in their life or whatever. Um, you know, just finish, man, just finish. Okay. So I, then I started to try to run again. And so this run was the slowest I've ever done. So anybody that's ran, I'm doing like a seven, eight kilometer pace um, per minute pace, which is like so slow, like probably just as slow as you who's never ran as slow as you can run without walking. It's pretty so darn slow. It's slow. Okay. <laughs> like I said, you're basically walking at yeah. that point. And so I could do that. I could barely lift my legs off the pavement. It was like it was just like an excuse to make it look like I was still running, but because my whole body was in agonizing pain, like Mm -hmm. agonizing. Right. And so, um, so I'm just doing that and I could maybe like, I would basically walk for more than I would run. So I would, I would run. So in in essence, I would run for a minute and then walk for 10. So (laughs) where did we, where did we get this reverse? You're supposed to run for 10 and walk for a minute. (laughs) And I'm, and I'm basically doing the exact opposite, right? Um, I would, yeah, I would literally run for a minute if I could and walk for about 10. And so I'm, I'm just pissed off. There's little old ladies that are passing me. Okay. So back to, (laughs) back to the, back to the, like everything out to get you in a situation like this, when you got little old ladies passing you. And of course, looking back on it now, I can, you know, give them credit and be like, wow, good for them. Like they obviously know what they're doing. They did their training. They did their training properly. They paced themselves properly. They didn't, you know, um, go extremely fast in the beginning. Um, and oh yeah, all these people I had passed, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes ago, start passing me. Yeah. (laughs) Right. You're like, I passed that guy so long ago and he's cruising on by me now. And I'm like, Yeah. So any that's something when it comes to racing is it's really hard to to pace yourself because you see these people that just pass you and you're like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And anyway, so so I'm just like and I'm I'm so thirsty and when you run you lose so much salt and so my face is like covered in like this like crystallized salt which I'd never experienced before because in a yeah, half that marathon that doesn't even happen but yeah. in a full marathon it does. And and so I got all this salt like white stain on my face and I'm like so dehydrated like and I had my my running belt which is like a belt where you have you know your your bottled water electrolyte um, fluid and I was even taking the gel pack so I did all the like on paper things um except the training part the proper training part right which clearly is way more important important so i'm taking these gel packets which are like 100 calorie 
um, you know, carb and, and sugar uh, replacement that your body's depleting of the massive amount of calories that you're, you're and, and sodium that you're expelling. So I took like, I take like four or five of those. I thought that was the key. All you just got to gel and then you'll be fine, right? Yeah, that's right. If you train properly and you can physically handle something like this. So, so anyway, I'm doing that. That didn't work. Nothing's working. And so every drink station, they're probably every like three or four kilometers. I would, I would be like, I want Gatorade. I want water. I would take one of each, chug them both. And so I was doing this at the, for the whole seventh, just to get me through, right? And so anyway, I eventually finished, which I was really proud that I finally got to the end. But I was so dehydrated. So like, you know, I, 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 I couldn't believe that I finally made it to the end. And so the irony of this is I did the first half of the half marathon in an hour and 50 minutes. And the second half was two and a half hours. So I was 40 minutes slower, not four minutes, 40 minutes slower on the second half than the first half. And the funniest part about the video, if anybody's seen this on, on social media, is that I... I was like walking and struggling and feel like I want to puke and die like right before the the finish line was coming. And then I'm like, okay, I need to like pretend it's kind of like, (laughs) You know, some of them are going to put on their makeup and like yeah. make them, you know, re- freshen up before they go. <laughs> but you don't know that they were suffering. like a hot mess, yeah. like, you know, an hour ago, right? <laughs> and so that's what I did. I'm like, okay, let's pretend like, so then I'm like, okay, look at me. And I got start. I was literally walking, which no one would have known. I was walking like the whole portion, like the whole half kilometer before the, the corner where everybody could could start to see you and then okay we can see me and then now i start running and i'm just all looking like i I got this no big deal (laughs) um cruise into the finish line you know acting all nonchalant like it was just a walk in the park it was a breeze no problem um and and yeah as soon as i finished i was like i i was just dying i'm like sitting down keeled over i was nauseous um i was disillusioned you had to like grab all my stuff yeah you're um, really in rough shape yeah why don't you tell everybody like what you were thinking <laughs> yeah i wasn't too sure i mean I've, I've seen you struggle like at the finish line at the half marathons like in the beginning like you would be like really sore not really like all there and like just struggling and then this was even amplified of that so wasn't too sure what was happening but you know yeah exactly so just there for moral support, support. <laughs> and you're so nice and you're awesome and you're like helping me out and, and yeah. lifting me up and letting me sit and help this and man i need this can you give me water can you give me like a snack can you get yeah. i'm just like i felt like i was like a baby yeah. needing to be tended to <laughs> like I, like as if i had a That's man a good, cold uh, i had the ma- yeah i had yeah. the marathon man, <laughs> man you know post man cold going yeah. on i don't know right and so anyway you i was your, like your apple juice and, and snacks and nappy yeah. time and nappy time was it. I was like disillusioned here. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so I was just dying. And then all of a sudden, like, I just, I was like, oh my God, I got to puke. I'm going to puke. And so um, if anybody's eating right now, please put down your food because what I'm about to share is is not, um, you're going to want to not be eating. So I, I had to go puke in a porta potty. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I warned you. Yeah. I told you that I was going to say something. Stop your eating. I had to puke in a porta potty. So I know... 
everybody's puked and it's never a proud moment and it hurts. I don't know how many people have puked in a porta potty though. But but maybe that's a bucket list thing. It's like, you know, hey, not not only have I ran a marathon, which is like something that, you know, 95% of the population has never done. I also puked in a porta potty. Maybe that's like a rite of passage for running a marathon. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Metal. It says, hey, oh my God, this guy, this guy puked in a porta potty. He's He's, in. He's badass. He's in. He's badass. (laughs) So yeah. Absolutely disgusting. You can imagine, right? Oh, yeah. gross. Ew, you know what I mean? Even, even just thinking now, like it's cringy, the worst right? Thing, yeah. yeah. Like, now uh, I don't want dinner tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm in there. I'm puking just like create all the fluid that like you know I drank so much of it because I'm so dehydrated. And then I come out and I'm like, okay, I feel better. And and then so and then we I remember when we finished, like we're walking back to the car and I, I'm like, I just need to lie down in the field. Yeah, you did too. And then you're like, what? <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to the lie car. Down field here. Yeah. I just need it, right? And then so I literally lied down in this field for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my God, like you had to take care of me all day. Yeah. It was embarrassing. Like I couldn't believe it. Like I'm supposed to be this athlete, you know, I'm supposed to be so well trained. I'm so like, you know, and, and once again, the whole point of, of this podcast and the story is that I want everybody to, to recognize that, you know, maybe you see my running now and you think, oh, wow, you know, you might, like, and, and yeah, of course, I've advanced a lot since then. This was October. We're now in January. And but the, the moral of the story is, is that, you know, one thing I always, always talk about is that, you know, bullshit is going to happen in your life like stuff difficult things are going to happen and and what really defines character we were just talking about this earlier Mm -hmm. this week is that how do you react when shit hits the fan like that's what defines your character like are you somebody when shit hits the fan you freak out and you go uh, into the fetal position and you cry and you quit your job you quit your um your obligations you quit your responsibility you don't push through you don't lead by example for your kids for your spouse for your community for your coworkers for your you know are you somebody that that leads by example when shit hits the fan or are you somebody that that curls up in a ball and and you know and and so the, the whole point of this is that we all experience those those moments of of like I was describing when I stopped mm-hmm. running where it's like you know I'm not immune to that nor are you mm-hmm. where you're going to have those negative thoughts that are like you suck why did you even try this you're a terrible mother you're a terrible boss you're a terrible coworker you're a terrible you know spouse whatever like you have these thoughts right they come in you can't control those thoughts right they're going to happen mm-hmm. but it's like what are you how are you going to respond okay and and in that moment I'm telling you I had never been so pissed off at myself and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I, it's like, I'm, I have to like, I'm not, I don't want to quit. If I just literally like be like, I didn't finish. That like would make you feel so much I worse. I feel worse, right? Yeah, so I'm like, I got to figure out a way to get these seven. I'm like, I can walk the whole thing. But like I said, I didn't want to be the last person finishing if, if I walked 17 kilometers. They don't even <laughs> let you walk a marathon, by the way. Yeah. You can, it says in the description, you can walk anything a half marathon or less. Walker's not allowed in half marathon. That's not to say you can stop and walk at certain points, but if you plan to walk the entire marathon, like the actual math behind it is, like the the crew and the volunteers and everybody involved, like they're done by that. They're they're home by that point. (laughs) So I was like, I don't even, like I can't walk the whole time because I don't know what that, I I knew about this before, right? 
So I'm like, I don't, I, I can't be the last one that finishes. That's embarrassing. I don't want them packing up or like having to pick me up, you know, at some point and being like, we'll bring you to your wife and you can have a pity party together. <laughs> right. So I had to make a choice and I had no clue how I was going to do it. And, and that's when the goal changed. And how cool is that in life? Right. So many times you'll set a goal and you'll be pissed off that you didn't achieve that goal about halfway through mm-hmm. and you quit. Yeah. And, and what I would encourage people to do listening to this is don't quit, just change the goal, change, you know, yeah. or change the behavior or change the, the way that you're approaching that goal and you can still get there, exactly. right? Because, and that's the part I love about running is that, you know, okay, I had a goal that I wanted to do it under four hours. I knew that that was not going to be possible based on what was happening and, um, so I had to change the goal. The new goal was just finish. Don't be, don't not finish. And, and you know what I mean? Like, cause that's way worse, right? Yeah, it is. And, and looking back at that, I, I was so happy that I've mustered up the courage and the energy and, and I changed my goal on the fly through negative thinking, mm-hmm. which is cra- like, that's the, that's the really hard part, right? Yeah. Because it's always easy when you're feeling good, things are going right in life. And you're like, oh, I can just change my goals. I have so much energy. I feel awesome. Like a little mm-hmm. tweak in the goal. Let's do it. No problem. Right. But try changing the goal in an adverse situation. Yeah. Right. When you're like, oh shit, like I have like, I got to make a decision. I feel like ass. Mm-hmm. And what am I going to do to fix this like now? And I'm, I'm not even in a good state of mind either. So like that's really challenging. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, you and I have practiced these kinds of um, dire straight um, on our quick on our feet decision making with with the business and, and with our relationship and different things we've encountered along the way. COVID, right? Everybody oh, yeah. went through COVID. So you, you had to make these decisions on the fly. And when, you, yep. when you're pissed off, right? Exactly. You know, um, so those are great learning experiences in life that you can fall back on and say, hey, wait a minute, I dealt with COVID. I dealt with, you know, when my kid had this thing or I dealt with when my friend or my mom or my sister or whatever it is. And and you can dig deep from those and go, I've already done that. So now this sucks again in life, this new thing. Yeah. And I'm going to tweak what I'm doing. I'm going to change my approach or change my goal or change something about it. And and then we're going to we're going to get to the, the, the goal or the finish line. Running pun intended. Ooh, finish line. Good one. We're going to get to the finish line <laughs> in a different in a different way. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I thought uh, was so, um, you know, kind of the blessing in disguise. And you don't typically understand these until you, it's long after the fact. And you're like, and so how many yeah. calories do you burn when you run a marathon? Yeah, so it's typically about like 3,500. I showed which you is recently. A full pound. Yeah, which is like a full <laughs> pound, which is crazy. Yeah. And so that's why when you're doing a full marathon, it's completely different than a half marathon. Typically yeah. a half marathon, you can get away with, um, you know, just regular hydration and, and you don't really have to fuel with gel packs or anything crazy easy too too much um and but with a full marathon you're you're losing 3500 calories of physical activity which is an entire pound Mm -hmm. and your body will start to break down like you have to fuel it you have to take care of it you have to train for this is like a serious thing yeah um i remember reading recently that like they because you had asked me why why 42.2 kilometers like who invented the marathon how did it come come to be and how and and so i did some research on it and basically it's like it's like just like 10 kilometers further than like a human being is ever like meant to run for an extended period of time. Yeah, that's interesting. And anybody that's ran a marathon knows like that 32 to 42 kilometer, those last 10 kilometers, like that's like do or die. That's like, you're, you're going to feel it. You're going to, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 
3,500 calories is insane. It's crazy. So why right? don't you talk about your diet and how important it is and what is your diet like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, thanks to you, you've been an amazing part of, you know, helping with this diet thing. You've been doing all the cooking. It's, the, you know, primarily plant-based, um, you know, meals, lots of carbs for me because obviously I'm, I'm running a lot in my training and depleting a lot of carbs, but healthy carbs. So, yeah. um, you know, the, the 100% um, organic rye bread, um, is, is a great one. And, um, and yeah, just, uh, you know, any, any sort of vegetable that creates a healthy carb, um, you know, and, and healthy fats like avocado and, and, you know, extra virgin olive oil and, um, you know, pretty balanced, but mostly yeah. plant focused, yeah. like plant-based, yeah. you know, you don't really eat a lot of meat or anything like that. No, exactly. So, and not a lot of sugar and, you know, ironic, right? Which bakery, is hard um, because you manage yeah. and own a bakery being mm-hmm. surrounded by treats all day and, I know in the very beginning, you would literally eat everything in sight when we would make cakes or cupcakes or anything, you would eat it all. So how did you change that and set some boundaries for yourself? Yeah. So when we first started the bakery um, over 10 years ago, we gained so much weight. I remember I would eat everything and I gained like probably 30, 40 pounds right in the first year or two. And I was like, I can't just eat everything. So then what became eating a whole cupcake or a whole slice of cake or a whole donut uh, became quality control. Just like take a little bite. Yeah, that's good. And then throw out the rest. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So it it was, you know, it was difficult throwing it out but um for the best for the best for sure exactly yeah so how do you manage like like when you eat sweets and treats and stuff like that with your running like what do you you i know what you do i know that you you eat super healthy leading up to the race and you know similarly to a lot of like fitness competitors and stuff like that where they'll have like a full-blown fun cheat day afterwards because you already burned all those calories Mm. but you can't really run on a stomach full of donuts and pizza before your race so what do you do you go out after exactly and treat yourself so that's the thing i love about it every every race that i do um that kind of post meal race or that dinner or any any food i eat throughout that day tell people about your post marathon meal oh yeah this was fantastic and um so yeah so after the this first ever full marathon you and i went to um symposium um which has a really cool menu because they have like huge menu they have a big menu and they you can do breakfast lunch dinner i think all, all day i believe yeah and so so what we got is we got bacon and eggs curry we just like a, we did this like spread on our table we just like ordered a bunch of stuff and a bunch of right? mains yeah, bunch main of mains meals. yeah just like <laughs> you know and, and the so we ordered bacon and eggs um butter, butter chicken, chicken pad thai sweet potato fries we placed our order the 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 server looked looked at us like okay. is, any, is anyone else joining you guys she probably went to the back and no. like made fun of us after and be like okay you see <laughs> this guy's order sure. like it's not even a family it's literally like a like a and, couple and you're getting bacon and eggs yeah. with pad thai and butter chicken yeah and it was That's like weird. it was like 2 p.m like who, who are these people you know what i mean so like is strange. it breakfast is it dinner like who yeah. are they and so um, so the joke about this is you didn't participate in the marathon, but you participated in that meal. So. I did. I did participate in the meal, but I don't participate in the marathon. So that is a that is a, a 
issue for my yeah. <laughs> weight loss yeah. journey for sure. Exactly right. I have to be careful with that. Yeah. So anyway, we had fun, and so I always look forward to that post race meal. And and any avid runners know what I'm talking about, and that's kind of a thing to look forward to after all the you know regimented training where you're not eating you know fried foods and sugar and everything else that's bad for you under the sun. But um, the cool thing that I love about running is I burn so many calories that it actually I'm able to eat cupcakes um, or you know donuts. lots of stuff all the yeah. time, and and it doesn't actually you know add to weight loss or um, you know anything or sorry weight gain or anything yeah. like that. And yeah, that's the fun part for sure. So why don't you talk about the benefits that you personally experience from running? Like, why do you do it? Like, yeah, great question. So the, so I, uh, that's what I'd love to know. Yeah. So I I love (laughs) running because I just love the, the, I haven't talked a lot about this, but the, the mental, the, the positive mental, I mean, obviously that was negative mental when I was breaking down, uh, in the second portion of the marathon, but the, the mental clarity and, and kind of, you know, I, I like to use the analogy, like I, I love running in the morning and I love starting my day with that. And I love the analogy of like, it's like a, like a sprinkler or a, or a water fountain of, you know, positivity and mental clarity for my brain. So if you get that visual of like, it's just like, you know, spewing my brain with like dopamine and, and healthy vibes and positivity and energy and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I get. And you always joke with me. You say, you'd be like, are you excited to go running tomorrow? Like, and, and I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm stoked. I don't get it. I don't, like, I don't get it. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to be exhausted. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I read this really cool book recently. It's called 80-20 Running. And so the idea behind it is 80% of your running is easy. And only 20%, and even like Olympic runners, Olympic athletes, even of other genres too, typically cardio type of sports, they'll do that type of training. So 80% of their training is easy stuff mm-hmm. at like a low heart rate. Like just, you know, average Joe Blow on the treadmill or elliptical at the gym who's not, you know, an athlete by any means. Like that type of training, 80% of the time, yeah, and only 20% is like the difficult, really intense. grind away intense stuff. And I, I remember thinking like, it's so against the grain, right? Because you think of like when I first started trying to get better times, you know, last year, every run I would want to go out and just try to run faster than yesterday. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is that like, it's, isn't that so um, indicative of life once again, where you just, you want the short term fix. You want the diet pill that's going to solve your problem. You want, you know, whatever, you know, new fad that's going to quickly get, but you don't want to put in the work. Yeah. Right. And so I would do this and I would never, I would maybe improve my time by like a, a couple seconds. It would be like, so I wasn't getting anywhere. And I'm like, well, what's going on? What am I doing wrong here? It just logically to me seems to make sense that if I just go out and try to run faster than yesterday, eventually I'll run faster and just keep running faster. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is that your body doesn't recover properly. True. It doesn't get used to different um, techniques and variations in, in your in your training. And um, so the idea behind the 80-20 running is that you, if you if 80% of your, your running or training is done at a very um, kind of enjoyable pace, mm-hmm. you'll A, stick to, it. stick to it because it's fun and it's not excruciating. Mm-hmm. And then B, your body recovers much better so that you're able to to, to do it more frequently. Right. Right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I typically run anywhere from five or six, uh, out of the seven days every week. Um, and I usually do at least 10 kilometers a day and, and on paper people, it seems crazy. Right. But the thing is 
you know, four out of those five or six days are easy. Yeah. So I, it, it's like just I, what they call in running conversational pace. So that means you should be able to carry on a conversation if you were running with somebody. Hey, how you doing, Tony? I'm good. Hey, Fred, how are Right. Like, and I can do that. So when you say, are you excited? I'm like, yeah, I'm running outside. It's a beautiful day. I'm taking in the, you know, the, maybe the people that are coming by, the, the trees, the, the weather. And I'm just out there enjoying myself. It's no different than someone who enjoys going for a walk. Mm -hmm. For me, running is my walk because I'm doing it at a very um, easy pace for me, right? That's all relative to whoever. Uh, but you have to work up to that, of for course. For sure. Right? And so how important is the sleep and recovery aspect of running marathons and such? Yeah, so sleep... Um, for any athlete is imperative. And, and to be honest, even if you're not an athlete, sleep is one of the most underestimated, um, beneficial things that you can do. And we use a fantastic app that we learned about. It's called Whoop, W-H-O-O-P. Uh, it's a monthly subscription. And, uh, and it's a, a basically a, a heart rate and sleep monitor you wear in your wrist. And it syncs to your phone on an app. And it measures your sleep data, how much time you spent in, in REM, which is like the deep, really deep sleep, and then kind of light sleep and how many wake events you've had, how is your heart rate and, and all these kinds of things throughout the night. And, and so, and it get, you know, kind of prompts you for certain bedtimes based on how well recovered you want to be. And we love it, right? Oh yeah, it's yeah. so awesome. And it's super detailed and in depth. It shows you your REM, your light sleep, deep sleep, and kind of like what you need to, to work on. And, and what really helps is going to bed at the same time every night and then waking up at the same time every day. That really helps your body to, to fully recover. So exactly. So that's something that um, yeah we've been and doing. What other for things while. do you do for as far as yeah? Recovery? So I do some pretty extreme stuff. Like I do what's called an ice uh, a, plun a cold plunge or an ice bath. Most people don't have a, a setup like like I have, of course, um, which you may have heard about. And uh, if you followed us, and then but they can do cold showers. Yeah. So cold Very showers. Um, you're just ending your regular shower with like a minute or two of just putting it on as cold as it can it can go. Um, which is usually about 63 degrees Fahrenheit, give or take. Um, now I go on a cold plunge that's much colder than that. It's about 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, it's freezing and I plunge my body in there for 10 minutes straight and um, come out of there feeling super energized and it just not think of an ice pack on a sore knee or a sore muscle. Um, All over your body when you A lot plunge. of athletes do that. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we have the luxury of having a sauna too, which is great for inflammation and, and everything. And then we have a hot tub as well. So um, yeah, that with the healthy eating with sleep these are things that um yeah that really aid in recovery so once again not everybody may have a, an option for that but your local gym typically will have like a steam room or mm -hmm. um you know a lot of the big gyms like they'll have that or they'll have hot tubs and um you know even nowadays a lot of them are starting to get the cold thing but you can do the, the cold shower at home you've done cold showers more than yep. i have those yeah, are kind of tougher for me because i i feel like i just got to get through that first submersion on my cold right. bath yeah. whereas the the shower is a bit tricky because it it kind of gets you, you in different parts around. of your body. You, get, yeah. you start doing the spin move, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it is very beneficial. Like I don't do the I don't do the <laughs> cold plunge nearly as often as you do, but you need it more than I do because you're using your muscles in that way. But if I'm ever doing a, an intense workout with weights or anything like that and I need to recover quickly, um, the cold plunge really really helps with that. I notice a major difference the next day. So it really relieves the inflammation in, in the muscles and helps you heal at a quicker rate so and uh, I don't think that you'd be able to do like 
to get the the progress and the results that you have had in such a short period of time because you've only really been running for what like six or eight months yeah i've only taken up uh, long distance running seriously since uh, i believe it was july yeah actually. and you've made substantial progress and with your January. speed yeah. your time your length of runs everything like that yeah. and i think a lot of it has to do with not only your training regimen but a lot of it has to do with your recovery as well because i think a lot of people neglect the recovery aspect of it they would um just it's like not in, as, it's not as fun obviously it's like just like in life right when yeah. you're you know even if you're not an athlete and you're just listening to this and you and you're you know you're feeling like you're not your best and you don't have a lot of energy you're drained you're you don't feel fulfilled you know like are you going to bed at the same time in early bedtime are you waking up at the same time are you eating as healthy as you should are you incorporating some form of physical activity um you know all of these things um and even wellness stuff like you know meditation i didn't even talk about that i mean i meditate um regularly as well uh there, there's so many things out there no alcohol as well by the way that is definitely a no-go um so i'm really uh you know and this didn't happen overnight by the way this is lots gradual of, like you, you know, add yeah. one thing at a time yeah. and you get good at that one thing for like two or three months and then add something else onto yeah. it don't try to do all of these things at once you will fail and feel like shit about yourself because you'd be like oh if i can't do it perfectly i'm not going to do it at all which is crazy i used to do that all the time but now we've like i don't know if you guys know about compounding habits or whatever that atomic habits book is Great it's book. really it's really good atomic book. habits fantastic book it's about habit stacking where you create a habit over like 60 days or whatever how long it takes to make a habit and then you add another habit because now that that habit's a habit you don't need to think about it so you can add something else to it and then until that becomes a habit and you're stacking on all of these healthy habits and stuff and and it eventually gets second nature yeah, so the idea behind it, so anyone that listened to a, a previous uh, episode of the podcast where I talked about when I went to rehab. In rehab, they tell you, and I went to rehab for, for drugs in my early 20s, and, and what they tell you in there is that um, they say continue to smoke cigarettes. They're like, mm -hmm. smoke as much as cigarettes as you want. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm trying to like better my life here. Why are you telling me to smoke cigarettes? And they tell you this because... You're trying like the drugs are going to kill you like any day potentially like the cigarettes they will kill you down the road but like not this week or whatever mm -hmm. so like you need to focus on the, what matters most master that to your point and then we can introduce a, another you know beneficial habit and then down the road another and so on and so forth so the idea yeah. behind that is that you know so many times people go like the month of we're in the month of january yeah. okay i'm gonna go to the gym for like two hours a day and i'm gonna only eat salads for breakfast lunch and dinner and i'm gonna you know go to bed at 7 p.m and, and, and wake up at 7 a.m and sleep 12 hours a night and it's like and then all of a sudden things crash and burn come february and the problem with that is that you as human beings right like we you can only focus your 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 minimal amount of energy on on so much in a certain period of time until you get really good at this so focus all your energy on what is the most important thing to you right now get really good at that for i think they say studies now 66 days um, is when a habit is truly truly form and formally 30 um, and once you get really good at that then you can go okay well that's now easy it's second nature i don't have to think about that and and now you can reintroduce the the second priority you want or the third part and so on and so forth yeah and i just want to say on behalf of like average people everywhere because I am not a very athletic person either and it's not my favorite thing to do but if you are trying to develop a healthier lifestyle and you are 
how I am and you're not as athletic as somebody like Chad, for example, I would say that what has helped me is to work on your diet first. Don't even worry about exercising yet unless you're going for a very light walk because I always say you you need to have energy and, and, and increase your level of energy before you can expend your energy. So working out obviously takes your energy away and eventually it will give you energy, but not when you're first starting out and it's taking so much more energy from you. So if you're eating a shitty diet, you need to clean that up first so that you develop more energy to be able to expend working out because everybody does like everything all at once. So they change their diet and they start working out. Well, working out already is going to drain your energy because you don't have excess energy because you're already eating a shitty diet, if that makes sense. So true. I mean, yeah. you and I've learned this over the years and, um, you know, it all starts with diet. You yeah. give it a diet, you get that on point, you will notice your energy change over time. And then you'll, um, have, the you'll have the energy to be able to work out. Yeah. You won't feel so tired. You won't it's feel so drained. Yeah, it's the fuel. Exactly. It's like gas in your car. The car isn't yeah. even going to move if it doesn't have proper oil in the car. Right? Exactly. Or gas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about the Run for Cake group? Yeah. It's awesome. For sure. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to... Uh, say that I'm really happy. First of all, like I, I was so pissed off about this marathon. So I started taking the training really serious now because I, I want to actually do really good at this. I love it. It's a lot of fun for me. Um, and the funny thing about this is remember I Googled, what is the average age of a marathon runner? I was just yeah. curious. Right? Yeah. And so it came up 40. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm 37. This is insane. Like so any other random. sport you put in the average age of yeah. whatever, um, it would be like 20 or, you know, yeah. teenage or something. Right. I'm like 40. This is crazy. And like, this is like, just getting you know, started. I'm just getting started. I'm in my prime. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, I've been taking it really seriously. In the month of December, I ran 25 of the 31 days in December. And we even had that crazy storm in there too. So you can imagine how much I've been running. Um, and uh, and so I, I said, screw it. I'm gonna, you're not supposed to typically do this. You're, you're only supposed to do a marathon maybe a couple times a year. And so I was like, I need to like figure out what I can do properly. Everything I've learned, I spent all of November, all of December training. And um, I went out on a, a beautiful January day. It was no snow. Uh, you know, I think the temperature is like five degrees. Beautiful. And and I crushed my marathon um, record by 48 minutes. I did it properly. And I didn't. Yeah, that's crazy. Everything that and, and you wouldn't believe the like I had similar kind of thoughts when I started to feel pain in my body after the 25th kilometer. I had I was feeling that a little bit, but but I knew that my training and my and, and because I was aware that I was going to get to that point after 25 kilometers and I was pre like so I knew that this would happen and I just punched it in the face. And it was such a gratifying feeling. And I know anybody listen to this when they, you know, do something in life that they thought that maybe they sucked at the first time or didn't work out the first time. And they went back to the drawing board and they kind of tweaked their plan and they're like, and then they went and attempted something a second time and they crushed it. It's such a gratifying and satisfying feeling to be like, 
oh my God, like I, the hard work paid off. Like I did it properly. I learned from my lesson, right? The failures in life, they're not failures and you quit and give up and you take your ball and go home. I was pissed off the first time and I was like, what do I need to do so that that doesn't happen again? And I did everything for the next couple months and I went out, um, me, myself and I, and and did that and, and completely crushed it 48 minutes. Like this is not a few minutes, like this yeah, is substantial, substantial yeah. right? And I had a, a, a three hour and 34 minute marathon and um, as opposed to four hours and 22 minutes mm-hmm. the first time. Um, yeah, I was super proud of it. And again, now it's given me confidence. I have another one uh, in Texas at the end of February and then another one in Toledo, Ohio in April. And now I have confidence that I can continue to, to get better at this and work better. And and so, yeah, to your point, we started the run for uh, cake uh, running group so that I can help people, um, you know, learn how to run. And, and part of uh, any like we were talking about earlier, you want to have fun. You want to have a balance. You don't need to go all in on every component of your life. And and th- by that, I'm saying is we we run and then we go eat some cupcakes at our Woodstock store after. Right. And that's Super that's fun. And you think about like I was saying earlier, these people, that, you know, they go to the gym for two, three hours in January. They eat salads for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And then they're nowhere to be found mm-hmm. at the gym in February. Yeah. It's because they're not incorporating fun. They're going all in their body's saying there's no way I'm going to do this long term. So why even try? And they give up. Yeah. Right. And so the cool idea behind the run for cake is that, hey, we're going to run. We're going to, you know, uh, have a reward at the end. Um, we're not going to go eat 10 cupcakes. But yeah, we'll have one cupcake. I mean, you just burn however many hundred calories yeah. uh, and you can have a cupcake that's a, couple, a few hundred calories and, and you're going to be fine. And, and then it makes it fun and enjoyable. And then you'll come back again because, um, you know, you're not dreading every moment of that. Exactly. And it's it's a run group mm. for beginners too. Yep. So you don't have to have any experience, nothing like that. It's actually really fun. It's a fun way to make new friends who are passionate about fitness and cake. <laughs> More so about cool. cake. Majority of the people that come yeah. out are passionate about eating cupcakes, but not hey, necessarily awesome, running. Um, but they're starting to slowly become more passionate about running, which is yeah. a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a nice group that comes out anywhere from, you know, five to 10 people. It's, it's fairly new. And um, yeah, we're, they're, they're, we're all amateurs. We're all out there willing to learn. It's free. Um, you can sign up on our website. It's called the Run for Cake Running Group. And, uh, and, and yeah, I do it uh, on Sundays in Woodstock. Many people that attend are not from Woodstock. So don't think if you don't live in Woodstock, you can't come. You can certainly make the drive. And uh, yeah, we just run for about four to five kilometers. We don't run the whole time. So it's much more walking than it is running. And uh, we kind of stop, go, stop, go really slow pace. Everybody's really supportive and encouraging. And um, and yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic time. And like I said, you need no experience, no money, nothing. Um, and then after we, we go on up, up to our, uh, Woodstock store and we have, uh, some cupcakes, some coffee, tea, uh, refreshments. And, um, and then we carry on with the rest of our Sunday. So I do this basically whenever I'm available on Sundays. Um, so I have a little bit more time now. So I've been doing some more of them recently, but, and we um, do it year round too. Like yeah, Chad year round. runs in the winter oh, yeah. as well. Obviously, 25 to 31 days in, in December. December. Yeah. Dece- so, yeah, what am I going to do in July? Um, probably maybe less because it's so hot. <laughs> um, I like the cold. I'm a cold guy. Uh, but, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, I've really been enjoying it. It's awesome. And do you offer one-on-one coaching if somebody wanted to, like, learn to run or get into marathon running? 
Yeah. So this is something that um, I definitely am open to, to doing. I, I know we, you and I have talked about this and I'd love to help people and, and I'm happy to uh, to coach anybody and we could look at uh, some sort of arrangement if anyone's listening and is interested in this. Um, I've this is my passion. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I've done a ton of research on it. I know all kinds of different variations of, of plans and, and training regimens and, and what you know does work, what doesn't work, both through research and my own trial and trial. error. Yeah. And like I said, I've kind of battled through those adversities and I, I know what... Uh, what you need to do, and and yeah, my next uh, my next goal in this is to to qualify for the Boston Marathon. So the the idea behind the Boston Marathon is kind of like the Olympics of marathon racing, and pretty any other marathon in the world, like you can get into this to the marathon without like a, a, a qualifying time. But just like the Olympics, you need to actually have a qualifying time. Boston Marathon, you need a qualifying time. And so I have to run a marathon in, in under three hours. It's all different based on your age and your gender. So if you're like a female and you're like 20 years older than me, I mean, I think that one is like under four hours. So it's all relative based on your age and gender and, and kind of what you're capable. But the, a, a, a marathon under three hours is extremely difficult. And that is my next goal. Like I said, I did one in three hours and 34 minutes. Um, and... So for anybody, uh, you know, that hears you think, oh, how fast is that, right? Like, it is Pretty fast, freaking okay? Fast. <laughs> if I go out now and I'm like, but I can do that pace, but I can only hold it for, um, you know, maybe five kilometers. I'm going to be trying really soon here to hold it for 10. Um, but it's fast. Like, you're actually like pretty much sprinting and you have to do that for 42 kilometers. So um, it's insane to think that that's even a possibility for me now. Um, but yeah, like I was saying earlier, the cool thing in life, you think things that maybe you, you're doing today in your life with career or with um, you know maybe something you're working on and you go, I can't believe I'm able to do this now when you know five years ago, it just seemed like I can't do that. I'm not capable of that. All those negative things that come into your mind, you're capable of so much more than you think. And hopefully I've inspired anyone listening to this to um, try some new things, try some things that, uh, you know, you only live once. You and I talk about this often that if we die next week, does this really matter? Does this fill my cup? Is this enjoyable? And if the answer to that is no, and if, it, if the answer to it is yes, that you want to be doing more of what you love, then do that more often because you could die next week and it could all be over. And and what are you doing to make yourself happy and, and work on? And it's always tied to what you're working on. Happiness 100%. is tied to progress. Yeah. If you don't get anything from this podcast, write down happiness is tied to progress because that's something I learned many, many years ago from someone else. And it's extremely true today. And we, you and I both live by that. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for sharing all of your helpful tips and tricks on running and your journey and your story and everything. It's pretty awesome. No problem. And where can people find you if they have questions or want to get in touch for some coaching or want to join your run group? Where's a good place for, for people sure. to yeah. find so you? Yeah. So my name's Chad Hamilton, C-H-A-D Hamilton. Um, yeah, you can have me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram at uh, Chad at Chick Boss Cake. So C-H-A-D-A-T Chick Boss Cake, C-H-I-C-K-B-O-S-S Cake. Um, yeah, so hit me up. You can send me an email, chad at chickbosscake.com. And yeah, I'd be happy to, even if you just have general questions about running and you're not necessarily looking for coaching, whatever, I'm happy to answer them too. So um, yeah, reach out. Love to talk about it and anything else you're working on. And yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. And we will talk soon. <laughs> All right, cool. Sounds good.